Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey friends, we are in week four of this series and we're asking five questions. We believe that if you ask and answer these questions honestly, it's gonna lead to a life of better decisions and fewer regrets. And we've been using uh, some material from Andy Stanley through his book, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. It's gonna lead to a better life for you and for people around you. So I wanna review where we are. Question number one, in week one we ask, am I being honest with myself really? Like when it, when it comes down to it, am I telling myself the truth uh, about this relationship or this financial issue or my family or the decision that I'm making? Question two is what story do I want to tell? That's the question we ask in week two. When my decisions are just a story, what's that story gonna be? And question three we talked about last week, is there a tension that deserves my attention? Is there something in, in me that's causing me to pause? Pay attention to it. We, we've had a key verse over this entire series. It's from the book of Proverbs and it says this, the prudent see danger and they take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. And, and our question for week four for today has to do with the prudent versus the simple. We, we have all done dumb stuff. We've uh, borrowed money that shouldn't have been borrowed. We, uh, you, people have moved in with something, somebody you shouldn't have. Maybe you've married somebody you feel like you shouldn't have or married a, a second person you feel like you shouldn't have. And uh, you've taken a job, made moves. There's been things you bought where we think, how could I have been such a fool? You, you see it with other people, but, but, but for me, it seemed like the right thing to do. But now you're asking that question. Well, well, God is inviting you and me to call him father and he has some fathery wisdom for us. From the book of Ephesians, here's what it says. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It's from Ephesians chapter five. And the question today is gonna help you save money if you answer it, save time, save tears. Maybe your greatest regret would have been avoided and it's the maturity question. And the maturity question is this, what's the wise thing to do? Another way to ask it is this, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to, to do my, my, my past, so everything in my past, my current situation and my future in light of all of those things. It's not what's the right thing to do or the legal thing to do, what can I get by with? It's what's the wise thing for me to do. And, and, and we tend to think, well, if God isn't against it, God must be for it. Like if there's no thou shalt not in the Bible, there must be a, it must be a thou shalt to this thing. But it's not about even what's right or wrong or what's legal, it's bigger than that. What is the wise thing to do when it comes to things like alcohol. If you're 21, it's okay to, to drink. The Bible just says don't get drunk, but, but then it becomes a wisdom issue for you. Not everybody's like you, but your, your past experience, your current responsibilities, your future, you might have a different answer to the question, what's the wise thing to do? Christians are gonna answer that in different ways for themselves. And you might say, I don't even like that question. That's why it's the best question, because it's, it's an interfering kind of question. It's disturbing. 
The, the whole issue of sex before marriage. People are gonna ask, well, what does the Bible say? Are, are the rules the same for me as for like a teenager? Maybe you've even been married before, you're dating, what, what's the line? It's not even the right question. That's just the right or wrong question. It's in light of the past experiences I've had, my current situation and my future, is, is sleeping with someone the wise thing to do? Does it make your life better or just more, more complicated? It, it tears through the layers, doesn't it, that question. And this God who loves you wants to do that. Now, you typically, like me, will have three maybe different responses to things like this and this question. One of them is, is look, it's all gonna work out. It's, it's, I'm fine, you're overreacting. You know, the second thing might be, I hear you, you're, you're probably right, but I just don't care. And I'm not gonna argue, but when I go home, I'm just gonna do what I want. And the third thing is, this is just what I thought, narrow-minded, you're gonna impose your morality on me, stay out of my house, my bedroom, stay out of my refrigerator. Now, what I wanna say is this, could you sideline that for a few minutes and look at this incredible ancient book, the Bible, which talks about these three kinds of people I wanna talk about today. From the book of Proverbs, Solomon, who was known as the wisest man, like kings would send their representatives to him. He wrote Proverbs, he wrote Ecclesiastes, he wrote the book of Song of Solomon, which is not boring at all if you ever read that. All of them full of insight, full of wisdom about life. And in Proverbs, he talks about four kinds of people. There are the wise people, people who make good decisions. And then there are three other categories, which, which to be honest, they're very offensive when you, when you hear them. I'm just gonna say that. But listen, no one's tracking you down today to get in your face about this. Just, just listen to this. Solomon uh, says, if you don't opt for wisdom, you accidentally opt for these other things. And the first one is this. You opt for being simple. Now, simple is too young to know any better. It's the naive, it's the clueless, it's, it's not bad or evil. It's, it's not, you know, you're not trying to ruin your life. It just lacks something other people have that are older. You lack experience. Taylor Swift got this right. She said, when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're gonna, what? You're gonna believe them. It's powerful, not because you're, you're, you're dumb or you're a bad person, it's because you're 15. And it's a warning. The problem is simply that you lack experience, the simple lack experience. Here's what the Proverbs say. At the, at the windows of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. This is what Solomon says. A prostitute draws him in and he thought it's no big deal, but it was. And then the, the book of Proverbs in chapter four, it opens up like something bad out of a movie. It, he says all at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his, his life. It's from the book of Proverbs. And we think about that, a guy like that, and we think he's so naive, he's so clueless, he, but, he, but he lacks experience. I was with my son recently and his college friends, and one of them mentioned getting credit card applications in the mail to uh, these college students, and they were all like, yeah, we get those. I remember when I was in college, the only mail that I got was credit card applications. Why? Because you're naive to the ways of credit, and you have no clue what like $15,000 of credit card debt is like, so they send those to you. This is why middle school, high school students smoke or they jewel, and then adults look at them and they don't think you're so cool. We're thinking how naive, you lack experience. Because when you're 15, you've never like coughed up a lung. <laughs> you lack judgment. And a simple person responds to wisdom like this. Nothing's gonna happen to me. I can handle it. You're overreacting. We, we overreact not just 
to it, though, but it's because we anticipate the future. When you're 15, it's not a bad thing. It's just reality. If you're like 21 or under, you lack experience. And it's not your fault. Older people wish they were like you. They wish they they were young. They wish they were young and cool. They wish that they could wear like awesome, cool clothes and drink coffee all the time. And we can't. Uh, You haven't faced the consequences yet of debt, of a house payment, of addiction. You've never had your heart broken so much that you'll never trust another person, which is the cool thing about it. You can have something the rest of us can't have. The opportunity is going away, but you can have it both ways. You can have the benefits of your youth and the benefits of wisdom all at the same time. Your life is ahead of you. You can like wear your skinny jeans and drink Starbucks all day long, and you can be wise at the same time, but you'll have to seek wisdom. It won't come naturally. Last thing to say about simple people, don't trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. Now, older people are probably saying to that, yes, you can have it all, youth and wisdom. I wish I'd done that, but you will have to ask for it. The the question that no one else around you asks right now, what is the wise thing for me to do. And the answer, just say to your Father in heaven, if I'm the only one, I will trust you. If I'm the only one doing this, I'll trust you. And God will coach you through the years of being naive. He'll preserve you and your future. But if you sit in the chair of the simple person and refuse to listen, lack of judgment can kill you physically, relationally, or morally. So the second person is this, a fool. The difference is that the fool knows, but doesn't care. Don't you know that's going to hurt you? You say that to the fool? Yes. Don't you know that's not wise? Yes. You're going to do that anyway? Yeah. It's offensive, I know, to say that, but Solomon says if that's where you are, you're a fool. Proverbs 26, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Last time you did that, you know what happened, right? I know. You're going to do that again? Mm Mm-hmm. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. Proverbs chapter 10 says that. Last time it took you over like a year to get over it. Why? Because it was fun. I know this is wrong, you're saying, but I'm going to do it anyway. A fool knows the difference between right and wrong. He just doesn't care. There are judges in our court systems who see people over and over again. They're not simple. They're just foolish. A fool has to learn the hard way. They have to be full of the, take the full consequence of a decision. If you have a DUI and you're still risking it, it's foolish. If habits are ruining your life, it's, it's foolish. And the cure for the simple person is simply time, right? You need more time. This is why this is the maturity question. The cure for the fool is tragedy. What Solomon says and what some of us have, have learned, you can't teach a fool. We already know too much. It's my body. It's my time. It's my life. I can do what I want to do, but it's not true. Foolishness, you see, blinds you to your selfishness. The scriptures say this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. The the, the tragedy in this is that it's not just you that you hurt. Eventually, if you're foolish, you hurt someone else. And you'll say, it wasn't my intention. I never meant to do it, but they're still hurt. This is why uh, parents freak out about their kids' friends because a companion of fools suffers harm. They don't care about themselves or you, these, these fools but you hang out with them. The only way for God to get the fool's attention is to allow for the full effect of their decisions. And 
And the third person the Bible talks about is a mocker. And this is extreme, it's a scoffer. It's like a fool on steroids. If you try to correct them, they will hate you. They won't just ignore you, they'll hate you for it. They'll scoff at people who do what's right. You might work for somebody like this and you're miserable because it's all about control and criticism and they're, they're, they're condescending. Um, if, you're, if you're married to somebody like that or you work for somebody like that, it's, it's really sad. And if that's you, you've already decided what you wanna say. Like if that's, that you're the mocker, you've already decided what you wanna say to this. You have an inner monologue, you have a response to all of this already. The scriptures say whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Mockers always think that they're the smartest person in the room. And, and Solomon says, here's what you have to do. Throw them out. There's nothing good that you can do. There's no hope for the scoffer or the mocker. You won't talk them into changing. They're not interested in knowledge. There's just insecurity there. There's, there's total arrogance. There's, there's cynicism. And mockers and scoffers, it's almost impossible to even have a relationship with them. They, they defend their position with their power and their money and everything else. So, so when you sit in one of those three places, the simple, the fool, the mocker, it's almost impossible to receive grace. Correct the simple and they won't get you. Correct a fool and they'll ignore you. You correct a mocker and the Bible says they'll hate you. But if you correct the wise, they'll thank you. Now, eventually all three of these categories need Wisdom, you need wisdom. Should I marry him? Where should I work? You'll be asking all kinds of questions because life isn't working all the time. There are consequences. The wheels might feel like they're coming off. And you're thinking now I wanna kinda like unscramble some eggs in my life and, and patch some things up. And the, the tragedy is that the Bible says that the result of refusing to move forward into wisdom is that when you need wisdom the most, you will not be able to find it. You haven't prayed and been alienated from God's word and there's nobody to help you. In, in Proverbs chapter one, Solomon pictures wisdom as a woman and it says it like this, who wants wisdom, come and get it, calling out on the streets and, and Solomon who has observed a lot says it like this, then they will call to me but I will not answer. They will look for me but will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Why did you wait so long, he's saying. And, and he's also saying, what you want, if you're in that place, you can never have in this life. You could do permanent damage to your life and your relationships, not from God's perspective, because there's grace and mercy, but in the context of this life, like, and sometimes you get to that point and you wanna talk through a remedy, a remedy but, but it's, it's all about, at that point, the decisions you've made and not words anymore. And, and, and you reap what you sow and there's no amount of counseling that can fix it. And he says this, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So there's hope and there's no mistake here. God always offers another chance. He always offers another chance to you. So let me ask you, where are you today? Maybe you're in one or two of these areas feeling like a simple or a fool or even a mocker and you're saying, that's not gonna happen to me. I'm just gonna deal with it. You don't have to be alienated from wisdom when you need it. 
You don't have to be alienated. And it's, and it's hard sometimes to get out of one of those three places with God. But God's saying, if you will trust me and trust your heart to me, I will deliver you. And in fact, the scriptures say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God is God, I am not. That's what we're saying when we fear him. You have wisdom, I don't, and I acknowledge you. And here's how you do that. First, confess. I've been naive, I've been a fool, I've been a scoffer. The beauty of God's grace is this. God's not gonna hold your past decisions and your past against you. He's offering you through Jesus a clean slate, a fresh start. Confess that and second, ask this question, what is the wise thing for me to do? And your Father will deliver you through Jesus' power and not yours. He will hear your cry for mercy and for grace. So acknowledge yourself in the mirror. Where are you sitting? Who are you like? Who would you like to be like? The, the, the fool, the simple person, the scoffer, or the wise? You can confess, you can invite him in and ask for that help. And that next move is yours. Let's pray. God, so many of us, me included, have sat at different points in our lives in those places, maybe in the place of just a simple person who lacks experience and, and only knows what we know. Maybe in the place of a fool who, who knows the right thing to do but does the opposite anyway. Maybe even for some of us in the place of a mocker. God, would you convict us right now and then would you shine your grace upon our lives? I'm so grateful for you, Jesus that at my darkest moment, at my deepest point of sin, at the time when I've made the worst decisions in my life, you always extend grace to me. God, there are some listening to this who have felt the burden of their own decisions and are ready to turn their lives over to you. Right now, I just wanna speak for them and say, I surrender my life to you, I surrender my will to you, and I want your wisdom for me. Would you come into my life, Jesus? Would you live through me and begin to walk with me in this life and help me step into a life of better decisions, of fewer regrets, and of experiencing the grace and the love and the mercy of Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.